You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. It's time for Tech Fan Podcast number 437. Early on a Sunday morning, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. It's lunchtime here. Yeah, it's not here. I'm still tired. Didn't sleep well last night. Happens. It was hot here. It's been hot here the last couple of days, so it's been difficult to sleep. But last night we had that thing where the weather changed during the night, so we had all the windows open, we had the fans on. (laughs) We woke up in the middle of the night absolutely freezing. Yep. Yep. So, there you go. Neighbours, Neighbours had air conditioning fitted. Which at the time they had it done, it's just like it's a split. It's one of those split systems, which is obviously just covering one room. Um, I think it's their main bedroom they have it in. And um, at the time they had it done, we thought, well, what do they want to spend that money for? It looks ugly on the side of the house. And now it's hot, you can start thinking, hmm, wonder if they yeah, have a number th- for that guy. <laughs> yeah, there's a thing called global warming. Yeah, the problem is air conditioning just makes the global warming worse, doesn't it? That's the problem. Catch yeah, 22. Well. Uh, I'll. I can't come home from work and sweat. Well, it's yeah, against my religion. I know. I know exactly what you mean. And don't get me wrong. Having grown up um, spending summers in Florida, I'm a deep, deep lover of air conditioning. Yes. But the problem is, is realistically here in Britain, even as the climate warms, we don't get enough hot weather to justify having air. Hmm. I don't know. I'd still have it. Pragmatist. If it was built into the house, fine. But adding it onto the houses that aren't designed for it, it yeah. As I say, it looks the, the the guy's guy's house. The back of his house now looks like a, um, a like a, one of those office park outlets, you know. Yep. With those ugly boxes hanging on the outside, and I'd I'd take it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Julie what she'd say though. Well, she always is too cold, and I'm always too hot. There you go. So that, that's also part of the problem as well, isn't it? Though, though my wife does not have that problem. She's not always too cold. So um, a lot of tech stuff going on in the world right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously the whole uh, Trump administration wants to ban TikTok, which um, is going to be challenged in court. And yeah, lose cause yeah exactly. I'm no lover of TikTok. I think generally it's a stupid system but i don't want to see it banned i think that's true no. and to two and not only that well the land of the free the home of the brave the bastion's free speech um for for the guy who loves to do all his policy on twitter to be banning a different social network is slightly hilarious yeah well he he's trying to blame though it's chinese spyware blah 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 it's about him him getting trolled of course it is and also it's it's about him wanting to look strong against china in the run-up to the election yeah, right but all he's doing, doing is... that actually doesn't mean anything right um you know I, I don't i don't i doubt even the chinese authorities are particularly annoyed with him about tiktok was like you know what the hell do they care the, the the stupid thing is whether tiktok is stealing data or not i don't know probably not though because i would imagine most of the users of tiktok are not high value targets but the data that TikTok collects just from people using the service is far more valuable than any spy secrets they might steal, because we oh, yeah. all know that social media data is gold. Yes, and we're and we've already given up that ghost to you know exactly four to five other social media sites that we use on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean it, it's it. This is just pure politics. It is, and it's yeah, it is kind of stupid. And always banning WeChat, which nobody uses in. <laughs> Yeah, America. nobody even uses here in America. We're like, what is it? All right. It's, uh, it's just... It's asinine. Uh, well, yeah. 
Yeah, Trump definitely puts the ass in asinine. Well, let's talk about asinine. Yeah. Disney <laughs> has this cool movie that looks like... I'll be honest, I kind of want to see the movie. It, the trailers make it look kind of badass. It does. Though, having said that, I mean, it's it's one of the... Look, we're talking about Mulan, which is one of these live-action remakes that Disney has launched on the last few years. This one actually looks like it's worth a, a live-action remake. Yeah, to, you know to, what? I, know, I always thought the original movie was kind of underrated um, because that whole kind of you know chinese warrior trope type thing is is pretty cool anyway it's it's you know in modern times it's an empowering story it's about a a woman who who wants to make her way in a man's world for what she believes is right um you know it's all good stuff however for for disney to and and what we're talking about here is disney's basically saying um it's going straight to video on disney plus but if you want to which is fine yeah which is fine you'll have to pay 30 dollars to rent 30 30 (laughs) dollars now at first it wasn't clear wait this is a 30 dollar rental are you out of your mind uh when you put it into context of actually going to the movie to see it even just two people and getting popcorn and sitting down it's going to cost more than 30 bucks but fine it's not a rental. They're saying you're actually purchasing it and you own it. Oh, but only as long as you're a Disney Plus subscriber. Yeah. If you become an if you unsubscribe, then this movie you technically own, you can't watch anymore without subscribing to the service. So this is, I think, quite honestly, uh, an executive decision that wasn't run by anybody. Run by anybody. Yeah, and they just put it out there. They go, well, this is a good idea, and they are scrambling now because the the backlash has been pretty brutal. So there's two. Um, pr- it's two problems. I can I can understand how they how they work this out. They basically looked at what they thought the expected gross of Mulan would be. Yeah, and then they said, okay, we're not going to get that gross because people aren't going to the theaters. So how can we get money back? Well, we can do, we can put it on Disney Plus. It'll promote Disney Plus subscriptions, and also we can charge for it. How much would we charge for it? And then they did the thing where they said, well, Family Four goes to movie theaters. You know, that's like a fifty, sixty dollar value. So if we do it for half that, that that's people are going to love that. They're going to eat that up. And it's like, no. Because people aren't comparing it to going to the movie theaters, they're comparing it to renting it for two ninety nine off iTunes. Exactly, Is, and then and then they're going, well, hey, two thirty dollars, thirty dollars for one movie. And all it's doing is showing how expensive going to the movie theater is. But the problem is, and we talked about this last week, there are other benefits to going yes. to the movie theater. You get a night out. You might have, might be going on a date. You might go and get a meal. Yes, all this is adding up to the cost. I get to I get to angrily glare at the guy behind me and doesn't know how to be quiet. <laughs> yeah, we we talked a lot about the downsides of going to the movie theater, but some people like. Oh, the that's a plus. Some I people- I, I, I recreate it with Cole every now and then. I'll just glare <laughs> at him and he'll go, "What?" I'm like, "Nothing." <laughs> Some people like the sticky floors and the questionable hygiene and the overpriced mm-hmm. concessions. Yeah. But the point is, we can laugh about that, but some people do actually like that. They're prepared to pay for all of that because they like the experience that goes to the movie theatre, right? And the the problem is, if you charge them a good portion of that, but they're still sat at home, yeah, then they're going to go, why should I pay $30 now to watch this movie when in a few months, six months, a year, whatever, it'll be on the service anyway? That's the thing. You know, you yeah. buy it and you wait three months, and then it's on Disney Plus to watch for free. Or, or, or they never put it on Disney Plus, and basically that means they they 
putting an arrow in the heart of all their future content plans because once they you know if they if they don't want to do that then they have to basically say oh, once you've rented it for 30 dollars rented air quotes we can never offer it for free on the service because all those people have paid for it um because that's really that's gonna not only are you annoyed if you feel you no, have to pay the 30 dollars now yeah but in six months 12 months 18 months time however long it is when it starts streaming on the service for free you're going to be annoyed with them again here, here's the counter to it, which I don't agree with, by the way, but I'm going to present the counter to this argument. New Star Wars movie comes on the theaters. We all go watch it. Three and a half months later, it comes out on uh, on-demand video, and you can buy it for 10 bucks, 15 bucks on iTunes, knowing damn well that it's going to hit all the free services, well, the, the subscription services for you to watch for free in quotes yeah uh two months after that but yet we still b- go out and buy the latest star wars movie in itunes or the yeah. new avengers movie we still do that because we don't want to wait another three months right. to watch it on and the I, streaming services i completely agree with that sentiment but there you hit the other floor in this plan that is you there you're talking about a new star wars movie not flipping mulan well, you and me, huh. you and me may no. say Mulan derogatory, even no. though I think it looks good. But this yeah, but isn't it, the movie to set the precedence with. No, that's exactly what I mean. Uh, this is the this is not the biggest blockbuster that people are desperate to see. If you did this with the next with the next Marvel movie or the next Star Wars movie, while I would still have some of the same questions about the pricing and the strategy and everything like that I could at least understand it because one thing we've learned from this is effectively this pay-per-view and one thing we've learned from pay-per-view over the years is that to really make pay-per-view work and cash in you have to have a big hype around a big event and I'm sorry but Mulan is just not it right Black Widow yeah. would have been exactly yeah yep. a big Marvel they, movie and, they, and it should have big... been fourteen ninety nine. as a Disney Plus subscriber you can buy uh, Black Widow it's going to come to the service in three months for free. Well, you know, when I, when I say for yeah. free, I mean, you don't have to pay anything extra than you're already paying. And I guarantee you it would have made $100 million on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Mulan is going to be a huge failure. It's going to scare Disney from trying to do this again. In some ways, good. In some ways, not so good. Because I personally think, with the way the things are right now, <clears throat> Disney and and hbo and they need to have more first run movies rather than going to the theaters just release them on and if it pays extra that's fine as long as it's I, here's the thing what i think a lot of people are looking at it going 30 dollars are you out of your mind yeah that's the problem oh i i completely agree and i i think that look they're gonna have to play around with the models they've got to figure out something that works we all as we said on um geeks pub last week we, you know, you and I believe that movie theaters are, are now spiraling down the toilet. Yes, you know, and um, they're in real trouble. And maybe the, but, we're to blame. Gosh, dang it! <laughs> Damn it, David! They listened to the podcast yeah. leak and went, "You know what? These two idiots has got a point." We gotta, exactly, we gotta yeah, do yeah. Thirty bucks for Moonlight. So they've got to find a model. I just don't. I find it hard to believe that a company as savvy as Disney can get a model as wrong as this because I believe in my heart of hearts that this model is completely wrong and here i'll give you the example when the news broke yeah my family had been looking forward to mulan 
Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, again, I, I, I agree. I make the point here that I think the, the blockbuster movie audience that Disney Plus are changing, are chasing with this release. Yeah, Mulan is not the movie for them. There's an awful lot of of young young people who will go Mulan are, oh wasn't that some old kids cartoon I don't want to go and see that no matter how good the trailers are yeah so that's the wrong thing anyway but my family uh, certainly my wife and daughter are both they're both ardent Disney cartoon fans and they love the Disney stuff and they they've been so happy with Disney Plus and when I said uh, last year I said oh they're doing a live action Mulan oh that sounds cool and everything Charlotte's seen the trailer she thinks it looks awesome because it does look awesome yeah, they want to go and see it. So when I said to them, I said, yeah, oh, yeah, it looks like um, Mulan's going to come out on Disney+. Plus." They went, oh, great. And I said, well, we'll have to pay £30 for it. It'll probably be £25, £30, whatever. They, Leanne went, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, right? Now, she's not a movie fan. but You know, she, she's a movie fan, but she's like a, you know, she doesn't follow movie sites or anything like that. She just likes to go to the movies. She's a Disney fan. Yeah, she's a Disney cartoon fan and she liked the original movie and she was looking forward to this one. Those are five positives and she still went, what? Exactly. Yeah, and then she said, there, are, there is no way we are doing that. So here's yeah. the question. Is it just, <laughs> and I think the answer is yes. Do you think that the problem isn't the idea behind it, but the price point that they hit? Yeah, look, I've been making this joke in my head for the last few weeks, which is, hey, do you remember when we used to see new movies? Because, mm-hmm. you know, we've had six months of virtually no new movies. Right, and we've been having a lot of fun delving into all the content and the direct Netflix stuff and all of that sort of thing. But actually, you stop and think about it and say, where, all these movies have disappeared, yeah? Yeah. Uh, and we're used to getting a whole... You know, hundreds of movies every year, and we're just not getting at the moment. Obviously, they need to find a channel, and video on demand via their various channels or anything is the obvious way to do it because there's been such a growth during the lockdown. But uh, this model where you pay a big fee for each one just isn't going to fly. For me, I think what they should do is they should say, okay, you want to see Disney movies, Marvel movies, everything like that. You pay an extra $12 a month for Disney+, Plus, yeah, and then you get to rent them at the $3.99, $2.99 price point when they come out. And to me, I think that you people would would don't get me, everyone's going to bitch about paying more. Yeah? Yes, that's going to always going to yeah. happen. I don't care if it's it's five bucks; it doesn't yeah. matter. But if you well, thirty if, bucks is a whole different that's a different yeah. level. If if you but if you basically say okay, we can pay twelve ninety nine a month, and that gives you access to the service, and then you have to pay a fee for every movie you watch. Um, now, what I, the way I would do it is, I would say that's not um, a one shot rental. That's not. It is basically. It's you pay. You know, you pay twelve ninety nine a month for for service access, and then you pay per movie three ninety nine something like that, and then you have it for a month, or you have it for forever, or or you have it while you subscribe. How, how much? That's fine. How I, much is? How much know. is Disney Plus? Is it six dollars ninety nine cents something like that? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. How much is Disney Plus? It's it, to be honest with you, or not, seventy bucks a month. Yeah. It's it's not it's not bad value for what you get. Oh no, I think no. it's a I, they're right on the money. I paid yeah. for it like two months, three months ahead of time, and I paid less than seventy bucks. Um, but this one movie is going to be effectively almost half the cost of that's stupid. Well, they're, they're just they're as I just, said, they're, they're just trying to they're trying to get close to the revenues they would get from the movie if they put it in theaters. And you yeah, know, and they, and, they and get they about stop thinking they get about fifty percent of the ticket price, don't they? When when you go in the theaters, I yep. think that's what Disney has. So they're trying to go for a family of four, 
family of three or four, or maybe a couple or something like that. That's kind of the area we would hope to get for the movie if it was in theatres. These theaters. places just need to hire you and I. That's what it really comes down to. Because we could have yeah. told them right away, okay, you know what? We like this idea of releasing these first one, first run big blockbuster movies. The price is going to be nine ninety nine, and you have access to it forever. Yeah. Because I think you need to take a long game. You don't need to look at each of... This is exactly. part of the problem with the movie, movie industry is they look at the gross based on the production and distribution and marketing of each individual movie. And they for video on demand, you can't do that. You need to look at the whole channel as a package. And I think... Well, that's they, the thing. They used to do that in the 90s, and that's why we had so many great independent movies Yeah, from, like, the Weinstein Company, which I hate saying that word now because yeah. of the negative yeah. connotations. But to be fair, um, I'm talking about the company as a whole here. Yeah, The Weinstein Company would have big movies that would effectively pay for the small movies. Yeah, and that was the that was their distribution model. That was their business model. They would have a big movie, and then you would get a Kevin Smith Clerks. Yeah, they didn't cost them much. It was paid for by a big hit, but that was their way of grooming the next generation of directors and writers and actors. And that's how you get those next big movies coming from the smaller movies that you funded they don't do that anymore uh to that to that level they they just don't and it's a shame because the independent movie theaters or movie scene back in the 90s and early 2000s was fantastic there was some really really good movies that came out think of reservoir dogs yeah you know that was a small independent film and look how it changed you know, the Quentin Tarantino was he was born because was it him? Yeah, that yeah, was him, wasn't it? Yeah, I might think was. of somebody else. No, no, it was Tarantino. You still there? I think we lost David completely. Yep, we did. Let's take a quick uh, pause and we'll come right back. All right, after a no sound pause or no actual pause to listener, uh, we're back. About five <laughs> minutes there. Yep, something's going on with your network. I don't know what it is. Well, yeah. As I say, I'm on cellular, so I don't know, unless they were doing uh, maintenance on the network today. Well, I'm now the listener won't hear because you're listening to because you're recording your end of the conversation. And you'll send me that and I'll combine the two. That's right. Um, it used to be that I would record both ends of the conversation on my he- side. And so the listener would hear what I heard. But the problem is yeah. you're breaking up not terribly but every 20th word completely goes like that so well that could be an improvement depending on your point of view well i don't know i was going to say that but i don't want to hurt your feelings <laughs> so let's move on um google play music will start shutting down in september this was news to me yeah i was kind of surprised but i think it i think it goes a long way to explaining the change in the streaming wars for music, if you will, and that Google has done a piss poor job of, uh, of getting it right. I don't know very many people who use Google music at at all. I don't know anybody who buys music there or streams music from there. Well, I mean, it used to be because it was 
default with your Android phone or your Chromebook or something that it was a natural choice. And I know they had a lot of promotions that gave you, you know, free free um, free uploads or free um, free monthly subscriptions and that sort of thing for a long time. But the problem is, this is Google all over. They they often throw out a service, give it no love, and then a few years after the fact that nobody uses it because they're giving it no love, they just kill it and replace it with something identical but with a different name. Well, they've been offering YouTube music for a while, and I, I didn't understand that. I thought, well, they got Google Play Music. Why are they promoting YouTube music? Unless this is a thing that YouTube's trying to stand on its own and blah, blah, blah. But it still didn't make sense because YouTube is owned by Google. It is Google. It has been for many, many years. But now it does make sense that I think they're seeing some success with Google Music or with um, YouTube Music. They're seeing zero success with Google Play Music, so they're just going to make the transition. Well, here's the thing. that I know a lot of people actually listen to free streaming music by, by basically playing music videos off YouTube. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've seen plenty of, you know, when you're hanging around Reddit forums, you see plenty of complaints about people saying, oh, I can't play YouTube in the background. I want to be able to play YouTube in the background. There was even one I saw a couple of weeks ago where someone says, I want to have YouTube in the background and still have system sounds from my computer or from my games playing as well. And and, and I think this was on a Chromebook. Uh, And this was because basically they wanted to be able to play YouTube videos in the background so they had music playing while also hearing all their system audio and the game they were playing in the foreground sure it makes sense and uh you know well it it makes sense if if that's how you consume your music to me it was a, i was a bit of a head scratch moment i thought why would you want to do that and then i figured it out um so i think part of it is that people who wanted cheap or free music from google have been going to youtube anyway um and i think what google are now saying is well let's let's try and own that and get money from it but <laughs> which makes you know sense what? but I, man now we yeah we have um quite a few of the podcasts in the network on google music and so i kind of looked at the stats and i kind of feel sorry for those four users but because that's all that was doing it and and tech fan was the only one that's been promoting google music anyways on uh show note pages I mean, if you go to any yeah. of the show, recent show notes in the last six months for TechFan, either at techfanpodcast.com or mymac.com, you will see badges for all the streaming services that we're on. And <clears throat> I'm going to have to replace it, maybe. I But we're not on uh, YouTube. And I don't think I'm going to no. start uploading audio only to YouTube. That seems weird. I mean, I could, but I'm not going to start recording video when we're recording the show. Nobody wants to see that. No. no. Good Lord. I mean, no, we're having bandwidth we have problems as it is. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. what you're going to say. Isn't um, exactly. And, and I've got to be honest. I mean, until this announcement came out, I'd never heard of YouTube, <laughs> to be honest. Apparently Sorry. it's existed for some time. Yeah. Um, and I don't I don't think it's been well promoted up until now. Um, I, I just like all things. This, this I'm sure this, they, this makes sense them in, inside Google, but... This is going to be a another distant third to Spotify and Apple Music. Um, you know this. This is just this is just not where it is. Yeah. And um, why would why would anybody switch from Spotify or Apple Music to this? 
I don't I don't get it. I I'm, I there's some sort of, looks like there's some sort of it's very unclear. Looks like it's some sort of bundle deal if you get YouTube Premium, which is the the you know the premium video service. Do you get YouTube Music for free? And that service just went up to like sixty bucks a month. Wow! I know people that were subscribed yeah. to it so they could watch live TV, and every single person I know that was using it just canceled because of the massive yeah. price hike. Um, I'm not a big baseball fan. But I was in my office at work, I'm going to say Tuesday or Wednesday. It was really, really slow. So I had yeah. a second window up on my second monitor watching a baseball game. Well, it was playing over there. I really wasn't watching it too much. I was still you know, sending emails and stuff like that. But I had it up and running. Yeah. And I was watching it through uh, Comcast because I'm an Xfinity subscriber and I could watch you know, streaming content right there. And that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I, I think I had it up for about a half hour, but the drone of the announcer was just too much. I had to turn it off. That's the biggest problem <laughs> with American baseball, by the way. It's so, so slow-paced, and the announcers suck. All of them do. Um, man, it's a one-two pitch. I, you uh, see, uh, yeah, uh, slight, slight digression here. I've always found um, the way American sportscast goes to be really odd coming from the UK because it's, it's like... Um, American sportscasters, they, they can't stop talking. No. When, even when there's nothing going on, they keep talking. Whereas over here, we tend to have commentators who will speak, like in a, with a, um, a soccer match, they will speak when something's going on. Yeah, and and the rest of the time, you know, th- there will be pauses. When, as the ball's being passed from person to person, they will un- tend to announce the name of the player who's got possession. But there's no kind of... Yeah, need to fill the uh, the airwaves with the sort of stuff you hear in American sportscasters, which is well, of course, you know that the Jimenez had a had a point three four two last season, and that means you know, and it's just all this crap that nobody's interested in that's constantly being spouted at you. And you're right, it sounds like a drone. Yeah. So well, it's it's not yeah. even what they're saying; it's how they're saying it. There seems to be this thing in American baseball that. You want to talk like this. And they're just so... Uh, that's why I miss the drunk Harry Carey. <laughs> I don't know if you know who that is. He was a, an announcer for the Chicago Cubs. And as the game went on, he would get drunk, more and more drunk. I mean... Right. And he would you just couldn't even understand him. I mean, he'd stand up at the seventh inning and sing the song. Take me out. Just <laughs> drunk off his ass. It was awesome. Yeah. It was so good. He couldn't do it today, but at least it was entertaining now. Ugh. Anyways, yeah. um, let's move on. So Google Music is shutting down, and I have some inside information that I'm not supposed to share because they actually told me that this information is confidential. So okay. should I? I didn't ask. I didn't say, oh, I, I didn't ask them uh, to send this to me. If you're going to send me something unsolicited yeah. and tell me it's confidential, screw you. Yeah, I didn't agree to that. I'm not involved, and I'm not going to be involved in pressuring you one way or the other. I think it's down to you and your moral compass. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> let me let me Google this real quick to see if anybody else has talked about it. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I guess oh, you didn't do the thing where you actually spelled out what it was as you were searching for it. Tappity tappity. Yeah. Great, great podcasting. This. Um. 
Hmm. You know, I don't think this is out here yet. Wow. Huh. Let me guess. Sundar Pichai is going to be doing his own podcast. Well, the thing is, um, it doesn't look like this is out there yet. Okay. I'm just going to say a really big company that everyone here knows about, and they also own a smaller company that has to do with um, audio content, is jumping in big time into podcasts. And they have already reached out to me um, about getting our content on their service. And I've already submitted every single show in the network to this service. So we will be there when this service launches. And technically, they're launching. Have they showered you with green? What's that? No. Are you kidding? Have they showered you with green? Yeah. Um, (laughs) This service. What's the point? This is, is, I consider the big one. And their sub company is also big. So you're going to be able to listen to. All the shows on the MyMac Podcasting Network, including Tech Fan and Geeks Pub, are two shows uh, on mm. these two new podcasting platforms. Even though they're going to kind of mirror each other, if you belong one or the other, you're going to be able to hear it. So I look forward to talking about that more when they launch. I'll, I'll let them keep their, uh, I think most people could probably figure out who it is. And, but this is, let, let's be clear, this is unrelated to the Google YouTube Correct. thing. This is completely separate, yeah. yes. Yep. Okay. So, I, I, you know, I think it's cool. I Honestly, I'm kind of surprised this company hasn't done it before, but... If it's if it's the company I think you I think it is, then I'm very, very surprised as well. Yeah. Because this is like kind of a natural move. Yes, yes. Um, For both of their platforms, well, if you understand my meaning. Yes, I do... I do I do wonder what it means for open podcasting in the long run, but that's a separate discussion. Never going to shut me down. Never going to go away. Uh-oh. I own my own content. Screw you. Okay, so... <laughs> yeah, but it's, yeah, but you own your own content, but it's finding it, isn't it? If if the only way to go, find it is to go through big companies, and the only way to get onto those big companies is to buy into their advertising. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people have been listening to this show for a long time. We've got uh, yeah. we've got some really long term listeners. Yeah, there's at least, yeah, there's at least twelve out, people, so. and I guess we could just it's email them every week. What do you tell? It's fourteen. <laughs> Damn it, twelve. Um, That's right. We could, you know, we'll we'll stick it up in the service somewhere. You can just FTP it. Or, biggish news you know. that hit the tech fan world. Notice I said tech fan. Uh, this week is Apple finally updated the twenty seven inch iMac, and. Everything was positive, except I keep thinking, all right, this is the high-end one. It's not the pro one, but still, it's the high-end one. Um, yeah. And it's finally SSD is, that's it. That's all you can get these machines in, at least yeah. for this one, the 27. You still get it. And the, the 21, the, and the 21 and a half. Yeah. You, you, have to, you can get a Fusion drive in the 21 and a half, but you have to pay extra for it, which is... <laughs> kind of funny yeah so the base of the whole line now comes with the 256 gig um ssd but i to be honest with you i had a look at i've not looked at these imacs for a long time i had a look at the 21 and a half inch line and you really only want the top end one 
And if you're going to buy the top end one, it's only a couple of hundred dollars more for the entry level 27. Yes. So the whole 21 and a half inch line is kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so um, did it did it make you sad? Because obviously you just had funds with SSDs. No, up, because a 256 iMac. gigabyte SSD is crap. That's nothing. Well, yeah. I'll fill that up. Yeah, I it, can't even migrate is. my data on that. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but yeah, but you know what? Internal drives for mass storage is kind of old old school now. Everyone sticks a sticks a big SSD in the side and does it that way. Yeah. Nobody wants internal drives. Um, they don't want to pay for internal drives. Well, you do that's if you want sure. a laptop, and those come in paltry well, sizes as well. Well, yeah, but but that's exactly my point. So everybody, when they buy a laptop, they go out and they buy you know a, a one terabyte or a half terabyte, whatever they need, a Samsung SSD that goes to the USB three port, and they're happy yeah. with that. Well. Or they go, or they go Thunderbolt. They need something higher. That's what that's what people do now. It's it. Don't get me wrong. It's stupid. Well, um, I think this whole upgrade. But, you know, is the stupid. whole the whole dongle. T- yeah, the whole dongle town thing is is just basically the way everyone does things now. I, I just don't understand why anybody would spend anything on if you've already got a twenty. Unless you absolutely have to get one, like I had to. My my older twenty one inch died. I had to buy a new machine. Yeah. So I didn't really have a choice there, right? Um. Well, I did. I could have fixed the old one, but I wasn't sure what was wrong with it, and I didn't want to spend days and days and days. No, and it took you a long time to fix the old it one, It took didn't me it? a long time. Yeah. Um, but regardless, if you don't need a new iMac right now, it's not a pressing concern, you'd be stupid to upgrade to one of these machines. And here's why. They got a whole new chip coming out, a brand-new architecture, why would you spend money on a dead-end, not-going-anywhere architecture that a year from now is going to be completely replaced in the 27-inch iMac? Because I guarantee you, a year from now, no Intel's going to be dead at Apple. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true, but all the software is still Intel. And so, you know, if you have an old machine today that's not doing the job, then you need a new Intel machine. You can't, yeah, because if you wait for... Um, a power, uh, power, not PowerPC, what they call it, Apple, Apple Silicon, Apple chipset, Apple Silicon. Yeah, if you wait for those machines to come out, there'll be no software running or very little software running natively on it from day one. Um, no, there will and, be, I think. I think they're giving a, enough of the big stuff is going to be, and the popular stuff is going to be ready day one or within a week or two. I guarantee you. Yeah, but the problem is, is sometimes it's not the popular stuff you need. Sometimes it's that little niche application that you need to be able to kind of run a smooth workflow. But like uh, I said, the, though, the unless actually, you actually have to upgrade, there, there's no yeah. need to. Uh, no, I, I, I think the chips were finally ready for these machines because they've all upgraded to the latest um, Intel chips. And so I guess Apple thought, why not? I, I think what they're keen to avoid is too many people waiting for Apple Silicon. And let's be honest, an awful lot of people going into an app store going into the apple store to buy an imac yeah they don't a lot of people don't care they are commodity products now they don't care what chips in it you know and and the apple store are not going to say oh well by the way suggest you don't buy this imac today because we've got a whole new architecture coming out soon it's going to be completely different they're not going to say that to anybody they've got to have something to sell in the stores and i guess you know it sells computers when somebody comes in next week to the apple store yeah, first time after lockdown, and they can say, oh, yeah, and we've got this brand new 27-inch iMac with the latest processors in it. 
you know, it's a great machine. And remember, Apple's um, party line is that Intel Macs are going to be supported and be great Macs for years to come. Yeah, we know it's a lie, but nevertheless, that is the party line. Yeah. So if that's going to be the party line... I'm glad you said it, we know it it's a lie, of, because we do know that's a yeah. lie. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, we, we, you know, the difference is you and I have been through this transition before. I think you went through it twice. I, I certainly went through it once, yeah. I remember how quickly after the Intel Max came out, the yeah, power PCs all the Power PC stuff dropped away. Yeah. yeah, they were. Immediately. They were, absolutely. Within months, you know, it was and a that, joke to have a Power PC machine. It's like... Well, because the problem is they were they were just so lacking in performance compared to the Intel machines. Yep. Now it's going to be the same with these Apple Silicon ones, yep. obviously, particularly for the, well, for the native apps. Absolutely. Um, we'll see, we'll see how well the, um, translation the, software. the Ros- Rosetta yeah. two software they have works, but it, you, the difference, the difference could be, and I'm speculating here, just knowing from my experience with using, um, arm silicon on windows. Cause I have that, that arm silicon, a Windows computer, which I love and is great. And when you have natively compiled Windows apps on it, it's fantastic. When you run the translated stuff, it's okay. I'm sure Apple's is going to be better than that. But there are some things you just can't translate. Drivers, for instance. They run at a different level of the operating system. You can't translate them on the fly. So basically, if you've got an, um, a peripheral or something that needs any sort of driver that can't be translated by that, by that system, it just doesn't work. Now that those are the sort of things that are the problems that I suspect Apple wants to have good Intel Macs lying around for. So if somebody comes in and says, "I'm doing," you know, particularly if they're a business customer or a hiring customer, saying that I'm doing a professional workflow and I need this bit of kit and it doesn't work on these new Macs, they can say, "Well, we have a Mac here that it works on." Yeah, it'll be you know? six months worth, and they'll be gone. Well, you hope that every the, the different the difficulty is you don't know what the third party software market is going to do in terms of their adoption. Apple can only do so much. True. If you use look, at I'm using this. I'm looking this using this road um, podcaster here, pro, um, procaster here. Yeah. Now it has a, a an app that you run on your Mac to basically pull the podcasts off the SD card and convert, it uses a, a broadcast format to to put them all together on the on the chip. So when you want to pull out individual tracks, you have to use their app to do yep. it. Now that app might well run perfectly well in translation, or it might not. If if I'm using this and I I and it doesn't run on an on an on a Apple Silicon Mac, I'm gonna need an Intel Mac. Or I'm gonna or worse, I'm gonna go, oh fine, I'll just go and do it on a Windows PC. I'll go and buy a Windows PC. So that's the reason why I think, you know, and and I don't I don't know how big the penetration of Max is in the corporate space. I don't have any stats on that, but I see lots of them around, and um, plenty of them, yeah, plenty of them are running either Windows in emulation or Windows uh, in, in virtualization or Windows in boot camp to allow people to use those Max in environment where there's a lot of Windows software as well. You've got to but remember that goes away to go too away, with though, to, a, to a bigger degree than I think most people realize because so much more software for workers is being deployed in, in the cloud. As an example, where I work, yeah. every single thing I do, other than the, the, the native, uh, uh, what is it? Um, oh, the email client. What am I talking about? Yeah. From Office. Outlook. Outlook. I use Outlook. But... I could get that through uh, the web if I wanted as well. 
But everything else uh, we and use be, is yeah. web-based. In fact, when I've got to be I, honest with you, the web, the web, yeah, the web version of Outlook is virtually as good as the desktop yeah, version. I surprised. don't use the desktop version very much anymore. And I do, you know, we're big Outlook users, and I do most of it on the web version. And here's the thing: the CRM that we use for work works much better at home on my iMac using Chrome than it does on the PC at work using Chrome. And now a lot of yeah, that is my computer's PC's a whole lot. rubbish. Yeah, it is. It's crap. <laughs> but it, nevertheless, I could take, I, I could buy my own iMac, a 21 inch with a small SSD in it, pop it on my work desk, plug in my big monitor to that, and it would it would blow everything I'm doing at work away. Yeah, but I, I digress. Yeah. I, I I think I think the problem with you know you you're absolutely right. Things are moving to the cloud, but you'd be surprised how much I see where legacy IT is just sticking around and sticking well, around just because nobody's, well, that's nobody's because, got the budget no, or the team no, to, to actually update no, it. No, it's not just that, though. It's job protection for IT guys. Well, that as well. But the thing is, is that it's, it's very difficult, yeah, to go to uh, your head of finance because for some reason IT always seems to be overseen by the head of finance, yeah, and go, right, I want x thousand dollars for a team of three people and six months to take this app that that we've got and and move it to the cloud or move it to the web or update it whatever because the first question the thing goes goes the finance guy goes is why is it not working or is it going to break and when you go no but it's just really old and clunky and everything like that he goes fine i'll find you money for that when i've got time when we've got some spare money and it, so it goes to the bottom of the list and it just never gets updated until there's a crisis. And I see this in my business time and time and time again, where I'm called in to look at a, like a suite of applications and they say, right, what's our strategy? And I go, well, that one there, that one there, that one there. Those are on um, things that are unsupported, that are um, potentially security flaws, yeah, and aren't going to work on your computer next two or three years' time. And then the first question I always get asked is, do we really have to do that? And then the second th question is, can we take the business processes that are working those apps uh, and do them in one of our other apps we already have? Yeah, because they're, they're just reluctant to update a lot of these line of business applications. They, they, it really is a case of, we bought it once, we never want to spend any money on it again. And that's the issue you have. And this is how we ended up with, a couple of years ago, the uh, NHS being flattened by a, a worm because they were running Windows XP still. So let's move on. No. Apple um, was all over the tech world this week when it comes to applications, in this case, Facebook and um, Stadia. Apple is not letting these... Uh, well, it was Microsoft was the one that, that caused the big complaint. Yeah. Well, Microsoft no, xCloud. No it, no, it wasn't. It was Facebook initially... And then Microsoft joined in, complaining. Well, Microsoft, yeah, Microsoft have an, have a, a streaming gaming platform as well. They do, but there wasn't to get in the, the news at all about the Apple until after um, okay. uh, Facebook got rejected. Yeah. And Facebook made this big stink that, hey, Apple users, did you know on your iOS devices you can't play our streaming games on our new Facebook gaming app because Apple says we can't. Um, but here's the thing, which, and this is what bothers which me. Which is true. Which is true. 
Um, Apple's yeah. denial uh, or Apple's reasoning is weak sauce to say the least. Well, I, you know what? I think somebody at Apple marketing got caught flat footed by this yeah. and came up with a, a kind of frankly bullshit non-response. Right. Yeah. Which talks about things unrelated to the thing when in fact they already had, and maybe this is related. You know, Phil Schiller has just stepped down from um, head of, head of uh, the app store, hasn't he? He's become an Apple fellow. Which means he's, he's not employed he's by step- Apple anymore. Uh, yeah, he's kind of, st- he's basically, he's, he's, like he's a, on that He's long, like a Steve kind of, Wozniak. Yeah, he's on that long, that long garden road to retirement. No, right? he did retire. Uh, he's done th- with Apple. And the Apple yeah. fellow is an unpaid, we'll call you in for your advice occasionally. Yeah, exactly. And I wonder if the, that transition caused this mangled messaging to happen. Because let's face it, a couple of weeks, uh, a few weeks ago, when there was that whole business with the Hey.com app just before WWDC, yep. Apple were, you know, they were coming out and you can like or not like what they were saying. I didn't particularly like what they were saying, but they were certainly swinging for the fences in terms of what they were, what how strongly they were saying it. Whereas this was just Weak. a mess. The reason all of these apps have been rejected is because it's been in the Apple Store policies for about eight years that you can't have streaming software apps on an, on the in on the App Store. Correct. The policy's right there. It's re- there's no ambiguity. It's not one of these ones where they've got one rule for one, one rule for another. It basically says if you want to try and stream software to the to an iOS device from somewhere else, that is not allowed in the right. App Store. And they're saying, well, what right? about and Netflix? Whole- well, Netflix isn't streaming software. They're streaming content. Yes. Just like a YouTube yeah, exactly. app or anything else. The, look, the real difficulty, of course, and I suspect the reason this this was uh, was implemented. Everyone's going, "Oh, Apple Arcade." They want it, you know. It's nothing to do with that because this rule's been there for yep. years. It's basically because if you have a game that involves, let's take um, GTA for an example, right? If you have a game like GTA, remember the hot coffee mod yep. <laughs> where somebody tweaked the game so that you could actually. Um, beat up a prostitute. I forget exactly what it Whatever it was. It was, it was something unsafe. You could have sex. Yeah, well, okay. You could have sex with a prostitute. That's I didn't realise that. Well, I thought it was... Be- I th- oh, sorry. I'm, I'm mistaking myself here. Of course, beating up a prostitute is just regular game playing GTA. There's no problem with no, that at you all. You could do that anytime. Um, no, the hot, yeah. the hot coffee <laughs> okay. was when, when yeah. you... And this wasn't something they modded the game to add. This actually was in the game. Rockstar decided, uh, you know what, this isn't going to yeah. fly, but they never removed the code. So on the PC yeah. side of things, some very enterprising hackers found the code, turned it on, and then you could have sex in the game. Right. Okay. So that sort of content is something that Apple probably doesn't want on no, their platform. And if you, are, if you are streaming games from another place, then somebody could load a game that allows you to do something like that, and then you're going to have... You know, angry moms writing into Congress going, Apple, I found my kid playing his dirty game on my iPad and Apple isn't doing anything about it. And so well, that's what Apple were trying to um, head off at the past. So they're basically saying if we don't have an opportunity to um, vet the games ourselves by loading them as an individual app onto the store, then we don't want the games on the platform. So you can't stream them from somewhere else. Yeah, that's I think that's the thinking behind it. And there's no there's nothing wrong with that. That is a perfectly legitimate approach to take. Um, the problem is, is the media has kind of blown this up out of proportion because of what happened with Hey.com a few weeks ago and because there are rumblings that the EU in particular is coming at Apple for antitrust practices over the way they allow people to load apps, the rules in the app store. Well, and 
the difficulty is is that this is increasingly because Apple aren't just really dealing with this problem of uh, what is they're still trying to defend their position on the App Store even though there are some fairly legitimate complaints being made about their their model um, they you know this they're just going to get increasingly battered in the press like this every time there's something like this comes up whether the argument is legitimate or not because it's a good story say here we go Apple you know they everyone, the, the media are trying to create a narrative that Apple is behaving in an antitrust way with the App Store which is something I don't quite agree with because they're not not a monopoly. So, well, you know, you can always go to somebody else's platform if you don't like Apple's Except practices. none of the other platforms make any kind of money at all. There, yeah, but that's, no that's not a monopoly argument, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> that's, that's not. That's nothing to do with antitrust at all. It's, it's the fault of those other platforms. They can't yeah. make money. <laughs> There's, yeah. Yeah. Um, and plus, if Microsoft and Facebook wanted to get streaming games to mobile users they can do it still all they have to do is run it through a web page yeah um I, there are concerns that the web browser versions aren't as good wah, um, wah. <laughs> oh yeah that sounds to me like an engineering problem that's exactly I, right and to me i don't i, I don't understand I, I understand why facebook is making a big deal of this because you know they are a mobile company i don't understand why xcloud microsoft are making a big deal of this because nobody because they have right no presence in streaming mobile. they have yeah, no but presence nobody in, in their but nobody in their right mind is going to be streaming xbox games from the cloud to an iphone sure, and they, playing them on there they could if it were why would you do that well, well, because it, not, but it doesn't matter. Even even if it works absolutely perfectly, it's still going to be a sucky experience because it's on an iPhone. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, you're right. People don't play good. games on their yeah. iPhone at all, especially kids. Not not those sorts of games. Sure they do. Oh, it, what's the difference? It's, it's, what's the difference between a first person shooter on the iPhone and a first person shooter on the Xbox? You're telling me that people who who already have an xbox would rather play that game using a controller on their iphone Why, or it's ipad not an, streaming it's not an either or it's at the same you can you're at you're at school and you're at lunch and you pay and you break out your phone and you play a little bit of halo you're at work yeah. you're on lunch you want to play halo you're at the bus stop you're at wherever it doesn't matter the point is you go into the shitter and i want yeah, i'm going to play a little xbox while i'm in there there's nothing wrong well, with that. In fact, I, I kind of would like to have seen this come to the iPhone, to be quite frank. And there's workarounds. Well, if if Apple says it's because you can't, we can't review them separately, fine. Then Microsoft or Facebook can come back and say, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to submit this app with these games. We're going to let you go ahead and review these games that's included right now. And anytime no, we're going know, to release a new game, we won't push it out to the mobile platform until you review it and approve it. They could do that, uh, I, but they I don't, don't want to do that. They, no, I, 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 don't. I think it's, I think it's far less complicated than that because what you're doing there is trying to find a, an excuse for for putting in an exception to the rule, and this is kind of what's got Apple in trouble anyway, because the exceptions to the rules with Hey.com and with Netflix in terms of what they get charged and everything like that is, and the the lack of clarity is what's been causing Apple these problems in the first place because they've not agree. been consistent. And that's why yeah. I say go this, with this approach this because a, then you call out no, Apple's no, bullshit. This, that, okay, wait a minute then. No, if this you is say a, this that is a consist- this, this, and this, and we, and we say, okay, so we'll do no, this. But they are, but, no, they, they're not saying that. They're just saying streaming apps aren't allowed in the App Store. 
They have not given any streaming. excuses or justifications. Yes. They've said game streaming apps are not allowed in the App Store. It's perfectly clear. Frankly, I don't understand why anybody reading that would spend the time and effort to develop a streaming app for the for the iPhone. Well, here's the thing. There. Things change over time and platforms mature right. and get faster and better and networks get better. And with 4G on the way, you'll be able to stream truly platform on Xbox or or PlayStation games to your mobile device with right. so, no difference in quality. That is so coming. So what you do... What you do in that case is you go to Apple and say, we're thinking of developing this. We'd like it on the iPhone. We'd like it on the iPad. But you have this rule that says we can't do that. Can we come to an arrangement? Because that's what actually they have done with Netflix and with other people. Yes. Where they've, they've, they've right? I, I don't think that's good practice because the problem is they make those changes and they don't put them in the App Store policies. Right. Yeah, and then it becomes a, you know, when we decide. And if you fall on the cusp of that like um like Basecamp did then it, everyone gets all bent out of shape yeah. right what um, i don't I think, want to I see happen should... is a, is apple opening up the app store for anything like this because then we get into the situation that uh android has right now which is just awful awful app stores yeah. with so much crap in it that's stealing your data but by yeah. the same token Apple does need to change, man. I mean, they they can't stick with yeah. these policies from 2007 and 2008 because the world is changing. Gaming is changing. Applications are changing. And if you don't change with it, this is what happens. You get blown up in the media, especially with their non-reply reply that they sent out. You're absolutely right about that. But yeah. things need to change. I don't I I understand why Facebook and Microsoft will be upset. Um but they're they're headbutting no. against. What? Well, why not release a, a Halo app on the iPhone, which ties into your progress on the Xbox? But it's a standalone game, if you will. Love, well, I'd love that, it if they did they that. Do and that. I'm, I'm sure Apple would. Apple would would be perfectly happy with that. But they don't want to do that because they want to have a hundred games on their streaming service, and they don't have to redevelop each one mm -hmm. for the uh, for, for for iOS. But I do think Apple you really know. does need to look at this and change some policies and put new policies in place to allow systems like Xbox streaming and Facebook gaming. And look, Facebook gaming is going to be ass. We all know that it's going to be awful because all the stuff they have right now is awful. Um, yeah. we, Don't you get know me started on, on how terrible it is using the Facebook website on an iPad. Oh, yeah. It's just awful. It is awful. But regardless, you can't even type. No, I know it's, it's awful. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a joke. But regardless, Apple does need to get with the times here a little bit. I, and this is not me siding with Facebook or Microsoft. It's just a fact. They need to, they need to upgrade their policies. They need to, um, if they want to continue to be the, the market leader in money at, at any rate, if not market share, they need to change. I might have lost David. Are you still there? I'm still okay. here, yeah. You roboted out on me for a second there. So anyways, okay. um, two more we're going to keep oops we're going to keep these brief toshiba is uh formally and finally exiting the laptop business which i think is sad news they made some really good laptops well i went i i don't know what your experience is because i know you were a mac guy from very early on but i was first into you know first of all the commodore amiga and stuff like that but then i got into pcs and in the um late 80s early 90s if you wanted a real, 
you know, a proper looking laptop. Yeah, Toshiba was one of the big companies. Well, they made they these made quality big. hardware back then. Yeah, exactly. These these were, you know, by by modern standards, very big, heavy machines with um, monochrome screens running DOS and Windows three point one, that sort of thing. But you know, they were built like tanks, and they the keyboards were amazing. They were the ones everyone aspired to make. Every, they were they were like the uh, you know the MacBook of their day, yeah. really the Toshiba laptops, the clamshell laptops, yep. um, and and for many years they still did have um, great designs. They they've been kind of on the decline for a long time, and I believe what this is is actually they they'd sold most of the laptop division to somebody else, Sharp. but they had a share in it, and they, they finally divested that share, which means they're completely out. Yep. So they've been they've been kind of circling the drain for some time, yep. but. You know, a lot of the layout and features of uh, what you have in a modern Dell or a modern um, HP computer, you can trace right back to um, Toshiba in the PC space. Yeah, they were they were copying PowerBooks back then, but nevertheless, maybe we'll Toshiba is a good position. We've been wanting to reactivate our wiki trolling for a while, so I think Toshiba might have to come up in there sometime. Uh, last yeah. is, and you know what, I completely. Maybe I knew this. Maybe we even talked about it, but I completely flushed it out of my memory. Uh, Google taking over Fitbit. I, dude, I completely forgot about this. This was a year ago that this was announced, and yeah. I, I have no memory of it. Well, the, I think the reason is it's one of those non sequitur. It's like, what the hell? You know, why would Google want to get into that business? Right. You know, and and this is Google again. They they've messed around three or four times with different sw- uh, smartwatch platforms. Yeah, they've failed every and then they time. Bought, and they failed, and, and now instead of rolling their own, they're trying to buy into somebody else's. But um, why? Why do the they want in this business? I think Because I think they want to take something that people buy, which is not their Google Watches, um, and yet people do buy Fitbits, and then not, they want to be able to really. put Google. Fitbit is yeah. kind of a also ran at this point. How many Fitbits well, do you was, see well, compared to an Apple Watch? And how long well, has Fitbit uh, hit, been in business? Since what, 2008? But this is but this is the thing. Fitbit were on the way down a couple of years ago. I think Google saw a chance to get them for cheap. Um, and they thought, we can build it up again. So it, a couple of years ago would have been when this deal was first start to be put together. Yeah. It actually executed a year ago. And now Google finds itself in the invidious position that um, the European Commission is doing an antitrust investigation on it, which is very, very odd. Because, as you say, Fitbit is not the market leader. Well, <laughs> so why, you know? Well, it's not, a, it's not an antitrust one. Um, their concern, according to... Oh, it's the data, isn't it? The data, the data security. That they yeah. don't want data. Yeah. They don't want health information that Google can and will collect, and that Fitbit currently does, and passing that on to advertisers or anybody else. That, and I kind of yeah. agree. You don't see, and this yeah. is why I think Apple, when it comes to this kind of stuff, has a lot better reputation because everybody knows Apple is not going to share this information with anybody. You know, yeah. they're going to tell. If a company comes to Apple, a health insurer, and wants access to, Apple's going to tell them to jump in a lake. You're not getting that. What are you yeah. out of your mind? And nor is Apple yeah. advertising us. You know, hey, you know what? We we kind of noticed your workouts lately. Uh, here's some uh, um, less calorie food that you might want to consider because, whew, um yeah, you know, you're not going to see that. Would you see it from Google eventually if they take over Fitbit and have access to that? 
I, I can't say I would trust Google with this information. Well, they, they've done this before when they bought Nest. Yep. Yeah, they said they would keep the data separate from Google's when it was acquired. Yep. Uh, and then five years later, they... <laughs> yeah, five years later, they took the data. Yep. Facebook as well said that WhatsApp was going to be independent. Yep. And now they're looking at ways of bringing the data into Facebook. So, you know, these companies... Because obviously... That's why they buy into these things. They want the data because that's their business. Yeah, and they'll say whatever they, they have to want- say to get approval from the EU or the U.S. government. But yet at the same time, as people who cover tech like we do, we know damn well they're lying about it. And this is the problem. And it's going to remain a problem for another 10 years, maybe 15, in that people who are in these government organizations don't understand tech. And until you get more people that are, are in positions of power within the government, now I'm not talking about elected positions. I'm talking about, you know, city commissioners and, you know, comptrollers and people like that that understand technology. Yeah. You're going to continuously run into problems that they're they're asking the wrong questions or they, they really don't understand. They're just like, oh, this looks bad. And they look stupid when they do it. But this is a case where I actually agree with the European Union that they're kind of taking a step back and going whoa wait a minute now uh we don't we don't think we want them to to do this and i gotta say i'm i'm kind of with them and and it's google here so all they need to do is basically run uh, interference on google for the three or four years it's going to take for them to tire of fitbit and shut it down anyway which is what they did with this yeah so this will be the death of fitbit but then again Fitbit's going to go away regardless. They just took, what, 100 and... Uh, it's in the story here. 130... No. Um, 132 million dollar loss. loss. How long are they going to survive taking a loss that big? I would... I, I could pretty much guarantee it. It won't be very much longer. If Google doesn't buy yeah. Fitbit, Google, Fitbit will be out of business two years from now. They'll be gone. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, look and, at the, and the, too bad. Bye. Yeah. I don't have a problem a with Fitbit. that. You have one yeah, or you I had, had one? I had a Fitbit before. I had one before the Apple well, Watch came out. Why don't you use um, it anymore? And, uh, um, because I've gone Apple Watch exactly. now. <laughs> and it's much better. Yes. And you, know, and, and you look at this list of um, global shipments in the story here. Apple and then Xiaomi, Samsung and Huawei. So Samsung have, have got their own watch platform. Um, and, you know, they, they're peddling it alongside their phones, so there's some synergy there. And Xiaomi and Huawei are the two companies that have chewed up Fitbit's business, which was for the non-smartwatch health tracker, because they can churn those things out for probably a third of what Fitbit charges. Yep. And they rip off their designs as well, so, uh, so there's that. Yeah, it's, you know, look, for those who are Fitbit fans, all four of you, I'm sorry, but they should. It, their time is over. They're done. Yeah, I don't like to say that, but I don't see that. Am I wrong? I don't think I'm wrong. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I think um, Apple is very much the leader in this space, and then I think, yeah, like I've just said, I think most people with Android phones who want to have a a fitness tracker, they either buy Samsung because they've got a Samsung phone, or they buy a cheap Chinese one. Yes. I don't think many people go to Fitbit. Fitbit's had other problems as well. Do you remember that? Was was oh maybe it was Garmin. There was one of one of these ones that basically sent the data up to the cloud, and then um, the uh, Islamic State found they could 
watch where the uh, soldiers were running around Fort Bastion yep. in uh, Afghanistan because the data was being uploaded to an open cloud server. Yeah, that's not scary at you all. Know, there's stuff like that. There's, there's stuff like that as well, which is, you know, look, it's hard, but this is unfortunately what, what happens. You know, good on Fitbit that they got acquired by Google. Hopefully that means the people who work there got, um, got some sort of payout. Um, and, um, you know, I gotta imagine. Google can afford to run it off. So that's you know. our show here on Tech Fan this week. We'd love to get feedback from you. We did get another uh, email about um, uh, cable management from uh, Joseph. Um, and his first thing was, uh, he said, uh, thanks for the mention. Almost wish I was, it, it was a two-way conversation there. Dude, come on the show sometime. It could be. Yeah. yeah. You just got to wake up. Come on, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do a whole show on on cable management desks. Yeah, there you go. We kind of did it there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do it we'll again. Do it again. Come on the show, man. You, you're, assuming, you're assuming people are listening. So. Well, four. At the, the, I thought you said it was 14. Well, no, this late in the show. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. Send us email, the show at techfanpodcast.com. Uh, go to techfanpodcast.com or mymac.com. Leave a comment there or on our Facebook page or on Twitter. I'll see you next week on Geeks Pub, David. See you then. <laughs>